according to my watch, I now have four minutes to give you a sermon. Uh, I have never been done on time, so let's just call it 12. And uh, for those of you that are new around here, I'm Chuck, and I get to be the pastor here, and I love this place. I love this church, and I'm so grateful that you let me be a part of it. Uh, We have been in this series entitled Your Best Year. And uh, the past three weeks, Bobby and I have talked together. This week, I'm, I'm on my own, but I wanted to give you a picture of something that I thought was pretty good. How many of you remember John Wayne? Yeah. <clears throat> I asked my younger daughter the other night, I said, do you know who John Wayne is? And she thought and thought and thought. She said, no. Does he work at church? <laughs> what have I done wrong in raising this child? I mean, he was kind of a great American, great actor. I mean, when you picture, you know, the, you know, the great American, our man, man kind of guy, you picture John Wayne. Well, do you remember the movie he was in called True Grit? You know, and the little girl, you know, she, she pictures him as like a real man. But at some point, uh, her, I think her name was Maddie, a little 14-year-old named Maddie. She looks at Marshall Rooster and Cogburn played by John Wayne. And she says to him, she says, they tell me you're a man with true grit. You know, when folks say, well, okay, Chuck, I've got the last three weeks, I get it that, um, you know, we need more faith to find more faith. We pray, we fast, we seek more wisdom to seek more wisdom. Then we come before the Lord for understanding. When we do all that, we act on that. All of that's great. Now, how do I take the past three weeks? And if you haven't listened to them, go onto our website or our app and listen to these and get caught up. What do I do? And I would say to the greatest thing you can do is have spiritual grit through this year, a determination to push forward to ensure that I'm not gonna lose those things which I held dear. If you are the folks that joined us on the past three Wednesday mornings for prayer time, you don't forget that perspective. If you joined us on 21 days of prayer and fasting, you don't forget that. I got an email from a fellow late last night, said, Pastor Chuck, thanks so much for the 21 days of prayer and fasting. For me, it's been food. And if if I don't fall off the wagon between now and tomorrow night, I will have completed my 21 days of prayer and fasting and I've never been closer to the Lord in my life. And I thought to myself, that is all about. But John Wayne, he had a couple of of sayings that that I have carved out in my memory, and I love it. The first one says this, number one, life is tough, but it's tougher when you're stupid. Isn't that great? I mean, that is so good. I look at that and I think to myself, so the Lord offers me this, this one journey I could be on which is filled with peace, direction, and power. And over here, I could choose my own way that's filled with all kind of challenges. And I think, why wouldn't I do that? Well, John Wayne also said that courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. It is it's the action, the putting to work all that we're supposed to do. If you haven't heard Angela Duckworth's TED Talk, it's worth listening to where she talks about true grit. She did this expansive study on high performers and people that succeeded wildly in life. And inevitably, she came down to the belief that it wasn't about looks, health, it wasn't IQ. It had nothing to do with intellect or education, that high-performing people, inevitably, they succeeded because they had grit. And I would say to you that spiritually speaking, we must develop a grit that determines to walk the way of the Lord. There was a uh, Weight Watchers deal in Atlanta uh, yesterday down at uh, State Farm Arena and had Oprah and Dwayne The Rock Johnson and all kind of folks. And they had this one dude there 
and uh, he, he, would, he had been highly successful. He lost like 100 pounds, uh, but he'd been in an accident, and so he had lost his right leg above the knee, so he, he was fit with a prosthesis, and he had succeeded wildly. He couldn't use it until he'd lost like 100 pounds, and he did, succeeded wildly, and so Oprah brought this guy up on stage, and so she looks at him, and she's got like the CEO of Weight Watchers here, and you got Oprah here, and you got this dude right in the middle, and Oprah's going to put the ball on the tee and all he's got to do is swing the club. And she says, tell us, was it easy? And the answer for a Weight Watchers commercial is, it was so easy. I've lost this weight. I'm boom. I mean, I eat Krispy Kreme and, and donuts and I got to have milkshakes. But you know what? I did this magical Weight Watchers cure and I've lost 100 pounds. And she says, so tell us, was it easy? And this guy looks straight into the camera and he says, no. He says, you got to put the work in, right? And this is true for us spiritually. Proverbs chapter four, beginning of verse 23 says it this way. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. You've heard me say a hundred times or more, everything that matters is a matter of the heart. And so what we do in our life to set our, ourselves up for the best possible year, the Lord says, guard your heart because this is what's coming out of your mouth Inevitably, that's what's going to drive your hands and your feet. Your heart is where it matters. And the scripture's direction of heart is not our organ. It is our entire being. It is everything we are and all that we're made up. And it says, guard your heart above all else. For it's going to determine the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Now, we Americans think that's cussing. And then like for some of us, it's like, okay, it's everything but the F-bomb, right? We, we have these different categorization put on it. But the scripture, when it talks about perverse talk, talks about all kinds of things. It talks about little white lies. It talks about gossip. Uh, it, it, it talks about, you know, uh, inappropriate prayer talk. Well, we, we need to pray for her because look, she's getting a little heavy in that dress. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, 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 he attaches all of that foolishness to it. Avoid that. And he says, look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. And so it's, it's like we talked about in communion earlier. Our, our, we're looking straight ahead to Christ. This is what matters. The main thing is the main thing. The main thing is our relationship with Jesus, the Lord. Without that, we offer nothing. And yet with that, we could do all things. That's what, that's what God promised, not me. And then the text goes on. It says, mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. When, uh, when Tony and Finley and I were talking about uh, power retains a few months ago, I mean, hundreds of you got on board and saying, I want, to get, I want to get gratitude, I want to get scripture, I want to get prayer, I want to get journeying into my life, and I want to build this into a, a spiritual discipline in my life. This is one way we build spiritual grit is we, we put these tools to work. And then it says, don't get sidetracked, keep your feet from following evil. Now, this, is, this sounds so simple, but you, you've heard me give this instruction before, but I, it's, it's worth the picture again. We, we were talking about pictures in, in the Lord's Supper. I was, uh, I, was, I was in a counseling appointment with a couple. They, they don't go to this church, and so I was, I was at a coffee shop, and I think I drew a crowd, but I didn't mean, didn't mean to. This fellow had been cheating on his wife for about six months, and... Um, Bless her heart. She's just one of the sweetest human beings on the planet. She's just brokenhearted. And I was talking with this fellow and I, I said, man, I want you to get this picture that you didn't just break her heart. You broke the Lord's heart. Because every time that you chose to go outside of your marriage and, 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 and not honor that vow, every time you did that, you literally pulled up your britches and you had to step all the way over Jesus who was there praying for you. 
The scriptures teach us that Jesus is praying for you. As a believer, Jesus the Lord, he's not only your savior, he's not only your Lord, he is also the person praying for you. He is literally saying, I love you so much that I am praying for you. And every time I said, every time you chose to do this, every time you entered into this act, what you did literally as a believer is you pulled your britches leg up and you stepped all the way over a praying Jesus and you neglected the fact that as Lord and as Savior, I can't can't get up. And, uh, (laughs) but you chose to walk over him. And I think to myself, listen, if you're going to have your best here, stop stepping over Jesus. Stop stepping over Jesus. He's praying for you. Own your emotions. I'll put on our uh, app and I'll put on our website today my my teaching notes. I, I take seven different emotions and every one of them has a scripture attached to them on how you can avoid letting them own you. I mean, things like anxiety, fear, doubt, guilt, depression, discouragement, jealousy, these kind of things. I'll, I'll attach that scripture. If you'll go online and just look for today, find the teaching notes, and I'll put that out there. This grid is a tenacity. It's tenacity. How do we guard our heart? Listen to what Galatians 6 9 says. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Just don't give up. Stay with it. The Lord has never changed. He's still praying for you. He still loves you. No matter what you've done, he continually loves you. And then in Philippians, if you, if you took the message as Eugene Peterson wrote it in, in Philippians chapter four, beginning of verse eight, he says, summing it all up and let me sum it all up. I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best. Not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized, do that. And God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmony. God, I want to ask you a couple of I mean, I spent most of my life as a negative thinker. And, and, and over the past couple of years, the Lord has done a great work in my mind to renew my mind. And I, I want to be a positive thinker because I believe what is ahead for me in the power of Jesus. Are you a scarcity or a surplus thinker? I spent most of my adulthood living in a life of scarcity. And now I look at this and I think, but he has promised to meet my every need. He has promised to do everything exceedingly more than I could imagine. Are you a reactive or a proactive thinker? I want to be proactive for the cause of Jesus the Lord because I know what that reward looks like. And are you a windshield or a rear mirror thinker? And what I'd say to his friend, listen, keep looking forward. Proverbs 20. 312 says, commit yourself to instruction. Listen carefully to words of knowledge. If you're to have your best year, we're to be developing mental, spiritual, and emotional grit. An ability to say, I trust the Lord to move me forward. I trust the Lord to head, head me in the right direction. Am I moving in the direction that I know is right for me? And more importantly, am I moving in the same direction as God? Because what is right for me is in his direction. Henry Blackaby said it best when he said, if you want to know what God's will is your life, see where he is at work and go chase him. 
See where God is at work and go chase him. It's that simple. The answers to those questions do lead me, though, to my counseling 101. What do you think you should do? With whatever problem you bring, what do you think you should do? And now, layer on top of that, what do you think the Lord wants you to do? And you could say, you mean, Chuck, I should go to counseling for that? No, I'm saying you should settle that before you get there. Will you determine in truth who you are right now and will you chase after what God desires for you right now? It's a matter of how you see it. Let me finish with this story. I, uh, a mom had twins. Tony, I thought about you when I, a mom had twins. They were about six year old and the pretty active little boys. And uh, the one little boy though, I mean, he saw everything negatively. I mean, ev everything was just a gray cloud for this dude. Now, the other little boy, he saw everything just as the greatest thing ever. He said, I mean, this guy saw everything positive. These two kids were exact opposites. The mom being naturally greatly concerned about these two boys and their extremes, took, him to, took the boys to see a psychologist, a child psychologist. And the psychologist said, well, I've got a little test I'd like to run. It's a little extreme. Are you sure you're good with this? And the mom was like, I'll do anything. So he took the little boy that saw everything negative and he took him into a massive room that was stacked from ceiling to floor with brand new toys and said to the boy, I'm gonna leave for a while. You go play with anything you want to. And the little boy kind of hung his head and said, I couldn't do that. He said, why kid, you look, look at all these toys. And he said, I'm afraid if I do, I'd break them. And the psychologist is like, this is tougher than I thought it'd be. So he goes over to the kid who sees everything positively and he takes him and puts him in his car and they drive out to a farm and they, they walk out and they see a pile of manure. And the little boy hopped out and climbed up to the top of the pile and started digging in it. I know, that's what I would have thought too. It sounded like something I'd have done as a kid. And the psychologist says, what are you doing? He said, doc, with this much poop, there's gotta be a pony here somewhere. Listen, we got to start looking for some ponies in our spiritual life because the Lord God has designed for you. If you've got enough spiritual grit to stay after him, you can have your best year, but only in him, only because of him and only with him. And I urge you today, let your inward disposition be determined not by your outward outlook, but by your heavenly outlook. Let your inward disposition be grounded in God's word. We cannot let what's happening around us affect what is within us. As a matter of fact, we were designed to do it the other way. So my friend, my prayer for you is that you would have your best year. Let's pray. Lord, Today, I pray for my friends watching online and in this room that they would have the strength of the character of Jesus, his grit and drive to succeed in his Father, in himself, and in the Spirit of God. Lord, would you let that be determined by the belief that they can finish this year, they can live strong, they can live for you. The one who our very and every effort, thought and action should be measured toward. Let us finish well. Jesus, I'm so grateful that you explained that your nourishment comes from doing the will of God, the one who sent you and from finishing his work.
Lord, let us be finishers. As Hebrews says in your word, that we'd look away from all that would distract us and we would keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, that we would give him our first, our best, and our all. Lord, we are grateful that you ignored the shame and you're now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You took our shame on. You endured the cross. Lord, we don't want to be quitters. We want to be finishers. Not that spend our life complaining about our circumstances, but in the power of Christ, creating the ones that you want for us. Lord, we love you. And we're grateful for your presence and your power in this room today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me for just a moment? If you're new around here, you've, you've never heard this blessing. If you've been here with me for eight plus years, you're tired of hearing it. But I want to remind you that the reason we remember Christ, the reason that we can finish strong, the reason that we can know is that he endured the cross, that when you choose to let this Jesus go before you, he will make your way straight. He will take your crooked path and straighten it out. He does that because he loves you. And that's what he does. When you choose to let him go within you as you leave this place, he will give you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment because he is always good and you are always loved. When you choose, on those days that the world is just beating the crud out of you. When you choose to hop on his back and let him carry you, not around whatever the mess you're in, but right through the middle of it, only to set you down victoriously on your two feet, he will wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap his loving arms around you and face you eyeball to eyeball so you can hear your savior say, my child, say it with me, I love you that just wasn't loud enough my child I love you man he does so do I God bless you go in peace